Everybody, we're back again, fresh off a of Monday night football game that involved the uh, the fanatics Dallas Cowboys, and we'll get into that in a little bit. So we're recording this Monday, September twenty sixth. Twenty sixth, sorry. Um, and yeah, like I said, Dallas just came off a pretty impressive victory against an undefeated Giants team on the road. You know, in New York. Uh, no Dak Prescott for the Cowboys still. Cooper Rush came up big. Uh, the Fanatic is very happy, and I'm sure you can't wait to get started on this. So, Matt, give us your takeaways. Uh, all I can say is, in Rush, we trust, baby. <laughs> oh, that felt good to say. That was also on Twitter. Go check out Michael Irvin's Twitter account. You should go watch that video. I recommend it. But how about them Dallas Cowboys? They did it again with their backup quarterback. Who would have thought? Cooper Rush is now 3-0 as a starter with two primetime wins. First one was on Sunday night. Now this one on Monday night. I don't know. Maybe Jerry had something to his madness when he said there's going to be a quarterback competition because... uh. I might be all for it now at this point. <laughs> but all jokes aside, let's let's get into this very impressive win by the Cowboys. So obviously no Dak Prescott again and no Dalton Schultz in this one, which is also a huge loss. Um, and that really, honestly, we felt the loss of him. Um, Jake Ferguson stepped up as tight end one today. Really didn't have much of an impact through the air. Um, but then with Schultz being out, uh, you also need to replace your backup tight end because you're elevating everyone up one spot. And they started with this kid, Peyton Hendershot. Never heard of this guy. And right away comes in and does what Dallas does best. Get a penalty. I mean, really that first drive... It was the penalties that, again, killed us. Uh, it was a holding penalty by Hendershot that really stalled the drive. Um, and really, just it was kind of the story of the game for Dallas. Um, if they had lost, I probably would have been pretty furious. I think they had three penalties in the first first quarter alone. Four of them, actually, but they declined one of them. So overall, a pretty pretty sloppy start, I would say. And even defensively, they were, what, third and seven, maybe? They get a stop, and you get called for defensive holding on Anthony Barr that allows the Giants to go down the field. And luckily, you know, we ended up blocking the kick. But, you know, that's the kind of things that you really need to clean up. And, you know, what we've been saying all along, as Cowboy fans, Mike McCarthy, you've been preaching to us that you're going to clean that up. And you have not. So you better fix something because I always say at the end of the season, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back to bite us. And we don't want that experience again like how we did last year. But, you know, we did win. So I want to focus on some of the good things I saw today. So let's start with the special teams. 
pretty good plays so far, I think. Maher made the kicks that he needed to make. He did miss one. I think it was from 58, so pretty pretty far kick um, at the end of the half. Not a big deal to me, um, but he was solid. Our $9 million punter doing his thing, you know, giving giving our defense a long field to work with. So that was good to see. And boy, couldn't be happier about this one. Cavante Turpin, he made his impact today. Didn't have a, you know, punt return, but had a huge, huge return for 28 yards late in the fourth that really kind of iced the game away. Uh, just such an explosive kickoff returner and really one of the best signings that Jerry had this offseason. But anyway, special teams is good. Defense, they've been the carry all year, and they they showed it again today. But that's their third, yeah, third straight game holding your opponent under 20 points. That will get the job done against anyone. I don't care if it's Daniel Jones. I don't care if it's Tom Brady. You hold anyone under 20 points in the NFL, you're going to have a chance to win games. And there was a lot of guys tonight to me. It wasn't the Micah Parsons show that, I was expecting, especially with all that hype that Lawrence Taylor was back. Uh, you know, he was on the sidelines watching the game. Parsons was tweeting, you know, his MJ flu game tweet. So I, I thought Parsons was going to come out, get three, four sacks, but he still had his impact felt. Uh, you know, the numbers didn't show, but he was he was fine. Um, but he really opened it up for everybody else. And what I mean by everybody else is... Uh, to Marcus Lawrence, that is what I want to see from you, buddy. I've been wanting to see that for, what, six years? I mean, that is a DeMarcus Lawrence performance for the ages. Three sacks, nine quarterback pressures. I will take that any day. I mean, he was he was wrecking havoc back there. He had three sacks? And the, three sacks. Wow. He was, abs- he was an absolute beast. I don't think I've ever seen him play that well ever. Then the other guy probably don't know about Dorrance Armstrong had a nice breakout game. He had a multi-sack game as well, but he, I always saw his number in the backfield. I mean, if you can get him going, he was kind of like that breakout star candidate last year. So that's really encouraging to see. And really the whole defensive line as a whole, I mean, they were just all over Daniel Jones. It was, it was, what did you say? Varsity versus JV. Yeah, that was not that. That's that a summary. Could not have been fun to be playing quarterback for the Giants tonight. And then, you know, to cap off the win, Mister Diggs finally gets his pick. And yeah, I guess you, I gotta give you credit again. You called it. You called <laughs> that pick. <laughs> I don't know, man. Something when I watch Dallas games, I can just feel the the Diggs interceptions coming. <laughs> I know. Maybe that means you just got to watch all of them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, defense was fantastic. And now the best part to talk about is the offense. So what have I been saying? We get Tony Pollard the ball X amount of times. Good things are going to happen. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. 100-yard game for Pollard. Broke off a huge 46-yard run. Really set up that field goal, actually, for that drive in our scoring. So just a great job for him. Zeke was doing Zeke things, running between the tackles. He found the end zone. 
Noah Brown playing like Mr. Wide Receiver Run for this team. I mean, he's been all reliable with Cooper. I was going to say a Cooper Cup, but Cooper Rush behind center. Um, they have that awesome rapport uh, being on the team together for how many years and getting a lot of reps with that practice squad unit. But he's been great. And then let me get to CD Lamb here. So I was furious with CD Lamb early in the game. I mean, he probably had the worst drop I've seen this year. Cooper Rush threw an absolute dime. That I don't probably think it sh- could have been any it more was, perfect of a ball. Yeah, it was. I mean, let me just say Dak went ahead and made that throw, honestly. But Cooper Rush puts it right on the dot. CD Lamb just drops it. Drops it. Probably would have been a touchdown, honestly. At, at that point, that kind of changed the momentum of the game. The Giants, that's when they started to kind of turn it around. Barkley ended up scoring in the third. So it was a huge momentum shift. And it was frustrating because I don't care if you're a wide receiver one. I don't care if you're a wide receiver four. You got to make that play. There's nobody around you. That's a practice. That's practice right there. Pitch and catch. And CD, I mean, he had two drops. I think might have had another drop on the very next play, if I recall. So it was pretty disappointing. But but the game is four quarters, and boy, he showed out. He showed out when it counted, I will say. And it was particularly on one drive. Fourth down, we're going for it. We're down. Oh, no. We're tied, but we're going for it. Makes a huge, huge fourth down conversion catch. Got absolutely drilled, too. So hung onto the ball. Kept the chains moving. I, and then eventually... Giants should have challenged that. He, uh, no, he caught it. He caught no, it. he caught it. He caught it. It was at close, the marker. though. He caught it at the marker, though. It was though. close. I don't know. I would have... No, he, he caught it at the marker. I think that's a little inexperienced from Dayball there. I don't know. No, 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 no. There would be nothing there. to challenge. You call a timeout there. No, he made the right move because there was nothing to challenge there. <laughs> but capped it off with a impressive 100 catch in the end zone. I mean, if CeeDee Lamb just plays with that confidence and that swagger that he had in that fourth, I think that's what we got in a wide receiver one. But he's just got to be consistent. Now it's about being consistent. So if he can build off of that, I think we'll be good. Hey, with Lamb and Noah Brown. And let's not forget, Michael Gallup was really close to playing. Today, he's probably going to play the next game. And you probably get Schultz. So, hey, you got some weapons coming out, I think. But let me also point this out, too. And I think one of the things... Uh, that was kind of critical, that kind of turned the tide of the game as well. So Dallas started with uh, Tyron Smith at left left tackle. Oh, no, Tyler Smith, excuse me, at left tackle. And they had Matt Farniak at left guard. That dude is awful. So I give Mike McCarthy and um, Kellamore a lot of credit. They made a switch. They made a switch mid-game, and they put in the... Uh, 41-year-old future Hall of Famer, former Eagle, actually, Jason Peters at left guard. And boy, I think that that opened up the running game a lot. And I think the first play was that Tony Pollard 46-yard run that they ran 
behind Tyler Smith and Jason Peters. So I think if he can anchor that left guard position with Tyler Smith at left tackle until Tyron Smith comes back, that's a that's a pretty solid left side of the line. And you got Zach Martin on the other side. So I'm starting to like what I what I'm seeing. And I think they found that that missing interior lineman that they're missing. So good job, Jason Peters. Great start to your cowboy career. But let me get to the man of the hour here. The man of the hour. Cooper Mother Bleepin' Rush. You are the man. You were fantastic. I mean, I know you look at his numbers, 21 to 31, 215, one touchdown, no picks. But honestly, it should have been a lot better because uh, your wide receiver dropped a pretty big, you know, pretty big play. Probably would have been another touchdown, to be honest. Um, So those numbers are a little deceiving, but this is just me. I'm not even trying to be biased, but watching the entire game, there wasn't maybe one decision where I was like, oh, like, don't throw that. But I felt calm as a fan watching him play. And I saw a lot of poise in the pocket. I mean, there was a lot of touch on his ball. You know, he knew when to really sling it in, in those tight windows, and then knew when to kind of take something off of it. And I I thought he played an outstanding game. Probably, honestly, I think he played better today than he did against Cincinnati. And everyone was giving him that hype. And Cooper Rush, you did exactly what you needed to do, right? You won the turnover battle, 1-0. If you do that as a backup quarterback, what more can you ask for? Um, I mean, I know you think I'm crazy, but hey, I think Jerry Jones might have had some truth to what he was saying. I thought it was ridiculous at the time. <laughs> he probably shouldn't be saying that out loud, which I don't agree with. And I'm glad McCarthy kind of stepped in and said, oh, Dak's our quarterback. But you know what? Like, if Cooper Rush keeps winning, why would you not keep playing him or just make Dak sit out? Ride the hot hand. I think there's a lot of rumors that, oh, Dak can come back for week four. It's like, yeah, because he's kind of threatened, right? He's getting all this hype from Cooper Rush as the backup. I mean, I don't know. I really don't think Dak is that healthy yet. But he's trying to come back so he doesn't lose his spotlight on the team. But Cooper Rush, ugh, you are the man. The man in Dallas. Everybody loves you right now. You did exactly what you needed to do. You're doing more than asked. And you've really saved our season. Because your starter, Mr. $75 million quarterback, stunk it up in the first game. So... You're playing like the man who should be getting $75 million. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but just an outstanding game. All aspects of the uh, of the football going our way. And boy, I can't wait for Trayvon Diggs to get more interceptions next week against Carson Wentz. So I'm excited. Great week three. Ah, this is This is great. This is great. I'm loving it. All right. Well, as usual, I need to bring some reason onto this pod. So uh, reason, I I brought the reason in with this real quick. Like I said last week, right? Uh, the defense is gonna be the side of the ball that carries you, right? That's good. They're gonna carry you. 
Um, like like I said, if Dallas can score, I think I literally said like twenty or twenty three points a game. I think that's going to be enough because I think they're going to hold you know most of these teams that you guys are going to play to under twenty points. Once again, you know, same thing happened tonight, right? Um, New York just could not protect Daniel Jones for the life of him. I'm not a big Daniel Jones guy. Like, I don't, I'm not sure if he's the answer uh, for that organization. You know, I know they were starting to turn things around this year, but I'm, I'm not sure. I'm still not sold completely on Daniel Jones. Uh, you know, the potential is there and whatnot, but I, I genuinely felt bad for him tonight because they, the Cowboys were just getting after him. Like you said, it wasn't even just Micah today. It was, it was that whole defensive unit, uh, you know, coming after him. I, I thought, you know, the Giants did pretty well running the ball for the most part, but I don't know if it's, they felt like they had to throw because they were kind of down or whatever. I'm not sure if it was the game flow or just that's how they decided to go with it. But uh, I mean, they didn't really have too many explosive plays at all, the Giants. Uh, and, you know, Dallas just got after Daniel Jones all night. And uh, I'm not surprised. I think Dallas is going to do that to a lot of teams. Um, offensively, I know I, I, I know you, you had a comment on Kellen Moore. You gave him a little praise, but, you know, that I know you were frustrated on that fourth and one call or, uh, you know, they decided to run the play action instead of running it uh, at the end of the game at the end of the game yeah i mean tough you know obviously you get the first down the game is completely over you don't have a ch- uh you know new york doesn't have a chance to get the ball back uh i think it's a little different if you know that's dalton schultz maybe maybe he's a little more conscious of the moment conscious of the game situation right that was that went to the tight end i'm pretty sure that Ferguson. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's he's trying his best, trying to fight for that first down, right? But he jumps and he just gets pushed out of bounds. I mean, you know, uh, so I mean, but for the most part, I really liked Kellen Moore's play calling. I to me, I thought his play call of the night was actually the fake screen that they ran that got CD uh open on the sideline. You know, they faked that wide receiver screen and then cd just kind of leaked out to the sideline cooper rush put it right on him and that set up cds you know one had a touchdown right there i thought that was the you know kellen moore's like play call of the night right there on that you know last drive there so got i i would like to give props to them and uh just you know sticking more with the run i mean they had you guys had 30 rushes for 176 tonight that's gonna win you guys a lot of games i think especially you know dak or cooper rush regardless of who's playing the quarterback uh for the cowboys if you guys can run it 30 uh around you know 25 plus times and get 150 100 100 150 plus yards that's just gonna make it that much easier for whoever's uh playing quarterback um but you know i said i was gonna come bring some reality i'm actually you know i'm getting more and more sold on cooper rush as thank a, you. As a, um, you know, I'm. I wouldn't go on as much as say pay him seventy five million dollars. Now, well, I'm, the way that he's played and with what Dak has been playing with, Dak sucks. 
Dak su- actually sucks. Okay, but like, with the last twelve games he's played. But does that make Cooper Rush worth seventy five million, or is it just Dak is not even worth that much? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. Oh, it's see... Dak. It's Dak. But but that's what I'm saying. I don't think Cooper... he's not a seventy five million dollar guy. I'm just saying. But I think he is a very. Uh, I actually was impressed with Cooper Rush, like you were saying, the poise that he showed tonight. Um, but really, just his game. You know, we say game manager almost like it's such a bad thing, right? But sometimes all you need to win a football game is a is a quarterback that knows the game and understands what your team is trying to do, right? So I want to, you know, my biggest nod to Cooper Rush was. Like, you know, you touched on, and we kind of mentioned this before, that fourth down catch to C.D. Lamb, right? Cooper Rush, to his credit, got the offense right up on the ball immediately after because he knew it was going to be close and snapped the ball. They got the playoff, right, before Dable could, you know, think about, I don't know if they were thinking about calling a timeout or not, but, you know, that was a big play because they didn't even get a chance to look at it at all. And you never know, right, with how this game goes sometimes and these officials, right? It's it's kind of hard to say, but, you know, just little things like that, right? Getting everyone on the ball, same page. And we know that has not exactly been a strong suit, right, of Dak in, with this, you know, time management, game management, getting everyone set. But I, I just thought that kind of play is exactly what the Cowboys need right now. You know, their defense is, is their stronger suit. Right, but he knows his offense well enough to execute Kelmore's plan, and it's it's been working, you know. And I, he should have had a better night, right? Because you know some of the drops. But I don't think he's a guy that you can just turn the keys to and say, "Hey, you know, go make a play, go do whatever you have to." I I think if you give him the right, you know, plays and support around him, I think he can be a really good quarterback i think he's showing he could be one of those like fringe starting qbs in this league like you know in in that geno smith teddy bridgewater kind of you know what is that what am i talking about like tier of bridge quarterback, quarterback. Tier, tier of that quarterback that they can play if you know given the right system given the right pieces they can win and win games play and win games in this league so i'm i'm getting more and more sold on this cooper rush thing uh i'm not gonna say he's you know i think it's gonna be a tricky situation with dak i i still think you gotta roll with dak uh this is this is just coming from my perspective because i think dak is a long-term answer and we know how much confidence and trust uh you know an organization has in their quarterback can affect you know their play their mentality their confidence around the locker room everything like that so i think it's going to be important that if jerry really does want to stick to dak he needs to stick with dak none of this you know qb controversy we saw what happened with Tua last year in miami right oh the deshaun watson stuff everything you know floating around is he the answer once the trade you know talk stopped that's when miami went on that crazy eight game run so i i think a you know confidence in a quarterback has a lot to do with their play as well. So it's going to be interesting in Dallas though. So you never really know what Jerry's going to say. Uh, but yeah, impressive win for the Cowboys tonight. I, I will give them that, you know, New York was hide- riding a hot streak and uh, 
Cooper Rush came and did his thing, man. Big time rush. Big time rush. In rush, we trust. Uh, so many names you could go with that rush. I guess not really rush hour. You could go with rush hour, big time rush. I don't know, gold rush. I... No, so... that, that's the 49ers. We, we don't say that. We don't say oh, that. Oh, is that what the 49ers are? Oh, the gold. Yeah, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, big game for the Cowboys. Uh oh, and shout out! I I think you said it, but yeah, Turpin, man, dude, that guy is electric. Turpin time. He set up that that field goal too. You know that was all yeah. him pretty much. So yeah, I'm, he beats that punter too. He's gone. <laughs> Effortless four two speed right there. Yeah, just so crazy. Um, but yeah, really good overall win for your for your Cowboys. Uh, all right, well, let's get into another crazy game of a team we follow this week. So the Bills were in Miami on Sunday. Uh, you know, this game got a lot of hype because of how Tua and the Dolphins looked last week against Baltimore. You know, they obviously had that crazy fourth quarter comeback uh, when Tua threw four touchdowns in that fourth quarter. So this game was getting a lot of hype. And, uh, you know, everyone's been talking about it. But if you look at the stats of this game without looking at the score, you would have thought it was a complete domination by Buffalo. I mean, they just absolutely, you know, outgained Miami in <laughs> like time of possession, total yards. Uh, I mean, it was really just not even close on the stat sheet, right? But... You know, that's why you play the game. It's not about stats at the end of the day. It's about who has more points on the board. Uh, and, you know, Miami did just enough. They scored three touchdowns in the red zone when they got there three times. Buffalo, you know, only two of four in the red zone. That's not going to win you games. And, uh, you know, I as much as I am a Dolphins fan, I, I do have to admit, you know, the Bills are very banged up on defense. You know, they're down they were down their top two safeties. Uh, you know, the entire Buffalo Bill team was like cramping, I feel like. Like the entire offensive side, defensive side, you know, Diggs was having trouble all day. Um somehow Josh Allen, I don't know if he's that dude is just built different, but I didn't really see any sign of exhaustion from him until that, you know, the end of the game. That Josh Allen is a monster. And you know, he's running too, he's commanding the offense. Got to give props to him, you know, but the Miami defense, man, I, I just I'm so impressed because you look at these stats, right? 40 minute time of possession from Buffalo. You know that Miami defense is gassed and yet somehow they're finding it in themselves or I, I know they were trying to rotate guys in and out as much as they could. But, you know, to be on that that field for that long and still have stuff in the tank. In the crucial moments, uh, especially after that butt punt, like you know, they still had to go back out there and and go get it right, and you know they were able to deliver. So really, this this one should go to Miami's defense, um, but Miami better be ready because when they go to Buffalo, Buffalo is gonna be re- gonna be hungry and they're gonna bring it, and it's gonna be cold. 
Jeez. you know, we know two weather sh- payback right there. Yeah, Tua struggled in the cold. I do not expect Miami to win that game. Um, they're gonna be at home. Bills fans are gonna be hungry for revenge, right? They knocked up. We knocked off the golden team of the NFL, uh, so far. But you know, a win is a win. It, it they're not always gonna be pretty. Um, you play with who you got, and you know Miami was able to pull it off. But yeah, I mean, this is gonna be uh interesting on how the AFC is gonna shake out. I think you know now that Miami has. If they go one and one with Buffalo and they're able to survive because Miami has a tough early part, uh, you know, after this, it gets kind of soft for them. So we could be looking at a 10, 11 win Miami team uh, before that last last home stretch. So I think this AFC East is going to be a little tighter than uh, people are expecting. But really good stuff there. Yeah. All right. Well, what did you what did you think about Tua? When he got hurt, see, this is interesting. To there's me. a huge investigation, right, about that rule. Like he shouldn't have been able to come back into the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at it right in real time. We see you see the head, you know, hit the ground, um, and he, you know, comes up. He's a little not. We thought he was woozy, right? But I guess wobbly. Um, at this point, I think you just have to kind of take the word of Miami until proven guilty, right? It sounds like they went through the proper protocols. You know, they were really, they had Teddy ready to go out, but he said it was a back spasm. You know, I kind of, well, here's my thing. So maybe I'm just believing this a little bit because I literally experienced that back spasm. Remember, I was literally just talk- I would br- I literally just told you this like several weeks ago, right? I don't know if we said it on the pod or whatnot, but you know, you did I- when you're at the gym. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, so it you did. You did it on the pod right? because I literally said, right? I had a this lower back issue or injury, uh, whatever you want to call it, right? And uh, I was, you know, I was exercising in the gym, and I just happened to tweak my back a certain way. And my legs gave out like my legs gave out and I dropped to the ground. I fell down. I had to like catch myself. So when I, you know, at first I'm thinking, right, like everyone else, oh, it's a concussion. It's a concussion. Then I rewatch, you know, the thing after saying, you know, oh, he had a back like spasm or lock it locked up on him. I'm rewatching the play and I'm like, that's exactly what I look like when, right? Like I, like my, your back, like, it's, it's like a shock or it, it locks or whatever you want to call it. But you basically like lose control of your, your lower half of your body for like a split second. And your your knees like will buckle like that. So, I mean, we're going to have to wait till the report comes out, obviously. Uh, maybe it's just because I, I experienced it. I'm not going to say it's complete BS. It is a little fishy, I, I will say, right? I mean kind of hard to say especially how it looked in real time but i maybe i'm not gonna say it's impossible that it's a back injury i think it there's a very likely chance that you know he had he had some kind of back issue that he was dealing with back spasms but um i don't know that that was just my take i never saw it in that point 
but that perspective so huh, maybe there is some truth that but that that's only because it literally happened to me if that had never happened to me i just like, saw the, the yeah, head yeah the head yeah. right he hit his head on the ground and then he comes up and he's like oh <laughs> doing all this uh so it is kind of you know tough to say uh and you never really know but it's when i was watching i'm like dang tool you got a concussion from that i mean i know like you know he did hit the back of his head and everything right but um like don't guys like get tackled and hit their head on the ground all the time and you know it was like a push into a you know stumble and hit his head it wasn't like a tackle into a drive into the ground you know that he hit his head so but like i mean i've never played football with a helmet on i don't know what kind of impact it takes to get a concussion playing football right so it's kind of hard for me to speak on that but it's like dang Tua, you really got a concussion off that (laughs) well whatever um i'm just glad they got the win they're going to be banged up though they play on thursday already in cincinnati a hungry cincinnati team that is in desperate need of wins and you know they're all tired i'm sure they're gassed playing in that miami heat they have a lot of guys that were banged up nicked up including Tua. he's on the injury report with his back and his ankle uh so i don't know uh it's gonna be kind of interesting i think miami's gonna be a little flat everyone except for tyreek because i don't know if you saw what tyreek said today or sorry yesterday uh when he oh, was he's gonna about... give eli apple the smoke right yeah <laughs> He said, I owe you. Eli Apple, I owe you. So Tyreek is coming for personal revenge against Eli Apple. So, you know, maybe that's just enough to fire up this Miami team. He's going to come out in the locker room. Hey, guys, I know everyone's tired, but this guy beat me in the championship last year. He should They shouldn't even have been there. You know, he can't cover me. Typical Tyreek chatter, right? So, I don't know. Maybe that'll be enough, but... I wouldn't be surprised if Teddy starts this game. Because uh, if the back is that serious to where, you know, he kind of locked up and dropped like that, to, you know, playing on a Sunday versus the Thursday is huge, right? Those two extra days of recovery you can get. And, I mean, we're 3-0 and in the division. It's, it's not the worst thing to maybe rest two of this game. I don't know. That that would just be my thing, I think. But I think I guess at the same time, you, you if he can play, you should play him, right? If if it's, I think Tua wants to play, especially against Joe Burrow, like their same class, beat him in college. I mean, I know there's some there's some history with those two guys, so yeah, you know they both want it. Yeah, that that's true there and i think it's gonna have to be miami's offense that's gonna carry them because that defense is i'm pretty sure that defense is exhausted they're all sore today Uh, i hope they're all getting treatment and ice and ivs or whatever they get even they shouldn't even practice just watch film no yeah they i don't even think they should should have practiced i don't think they did practice today i think it was like film and walkthroughs today i'm pretty sure i saw from miami because it's it just wouldn't be smart to, to have them go out and practice again in that Miami heat right now, right? Uh, plus there's like a the hurricane is coming to Florida. I don't. It's not supposed to hit Miami, but 
I guess we'll see now. It's gonna. I don't know, man. Typical Florida things, right? Uh, but I, I think yeah, we're gonna have to lean on our, the run game a little bit more. I would like to see a little bit more, um, you know, Edmonds and Mostert in uh running downs. But hey, I gotta give credit to McDaniel, man, because he has these guys like ready to like there's no quit in this team uh both sides of the ball and uh for being honest like this game really should have been over a couple times josh allen threw balls right into guys hands and you know like they just couldn't come up with a pick and uh the one thing i do want to touch on before we get to our break here is the fourth down right the fourth and goal you know, Buffalo had, and Josh Allen just spiked the ball to Isaiah McKenzie, who was, he was like, open open in the end zone. If that was Tua, he would have gotten absolutely murdered on Twitter, <laughs> right? But I didn't see a single post from anyone that showed, you know, Josh Allen spiking the fourth and, fourth and goal to McKenzie. Uh, but I, I can't really fault. I'm not faulting him for that. He was probably dead tired, exhausted, right? And, uh, you know, sometimes maybe he just ran out of juice on that one throw. I'm not saying it's all his fault, right? Mistakes happen. But it's just it's just still funny to me. Like, Tua, you know, and Miami comes out. They beat the Bills, everyone's favorite team this year. And the narrative is, oh, but Buffalo was all, you know, injured. And Tua didn't really do anything. And, you know... It was all the defense that kind of came up with the stops or whatever. So it it's just funny to me how, like, the narrative... I, I don't know what it's going to take for the narrative to finally shift on Tua. Because there are, like, some guys in the media that are believers. But I'm just kind of curious. Like, what do they have to do? Go 10-0? and 0? And then, hey, oh, maybe Tua is legit. I don't know. Maybe... I don't know what it's going to take. Maybe Tua and Cooper Rush are in that same boat right now. All right, what's it gonna take for for everyone? To I think Cooper Rush is a little higher, but that's just my opinion. Oh. You know, somebody is undefeated as a starter in the NFL, so let me just say that. Okay, that is true. Three and no, and I also saw that in those three starts, it's three game-winning drives in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, that is yep. the most impressive stat to me about money time. Let the money talk, Coop. Let the money talk. Maybe the fourth quarter is is rush hour. Call it like oh yeah, rush I like hour is big time rush. It's time, you know. Day, it's like not day time. It's rush hour. Yeah, true. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for our Cowboys and Dolphins talk. Uh, let's get to a little break here, and we'll be back on the other side. Okay, so second half of the show here. Let's get it started. First, let's get to the Battle of the Goats, Matt. The old goats. They're getting a little old. Little grizzly goats. <laughs> uh, so, Rodgers versus Brady. Always going to be a fun matchup when those two, you know, go at it. Not as much fireworks, though, as I think we were all expecting. It was definitely more of a defensive battle here. Um, right. I mean, the final score, 14 to 12, not 
exactly what everyone was expecting. Maybe, you know, I kind of expected it from, from Tampa. They were down a lot of guys, right? I mean, no Mike Evans, no Chris Godwin, no Julio Jones. So, you know, Tom Brady's out there playing with Russell Gage and Rashad Perriman and I didn't even know Cole Beasley. I didn't even know Kyle Rudolph Beas- is on the Beasley, team. Beasley. <laughs> I didn't even know these guys are were on the Bucks in the first place. Uh, but you know, somehow the GOAT is gonna find a way to make it a game at the end, right? Uh Packers pretty much uh in cruise control for most of this game, I would say they Bucks defense, though, I gotta give them credit. They're they're still legit. Uh right now I think that's the side of the ball carrying the Bucks. But I mean, really the game just swung on that Aaron Jones fumble, right? Uh kind of crazy. So uh, you know, Vito Vea, big dude, wouldn't want to mess with him. Wouldn't think they would drop him into coverage, but hey, props to the Bucks. Uh <laughs> dropped him back laid the wood on Aaron Jones. He didn't even see it coming. And, uh, yeah, Brady was able to march it all the way down the field. Somehow tie the game. But uh, uncharacteristic uh, mistake from, from old Tommy. Some people are saying it was, that was bad. the offensive coordinator. You know, got to play in late. I'm not really sure who's to blame. We're not there in that headset, but you know, that delay of game killed him. Uh, you know, I I it was just like that uh the Arizona and uh the Raiders game last week, right? Where Kyler took the delay of game, but somehow I mean an absolute miracle pass to AJ Green. Tom just didn't have that that in him. I mean, it's it's so tough to get in from the seven, right? When you absolutely have to. But, and when you can't run as a quarterback, like yeah. Kyler, he has he, that threat that he and, can run, and he did, mm-hmm. right? And so to- everybody play. knows Tom ain't running on a on a two point conversion at the mm-hmm. seven yard line. There's no way. So you know something, it's gonna be a quick pass somewhere. So yeah, it, it's it's tough when you collapse the defense like that. Yeah. Um. But you know, other couple things from this game. Rodgers finally maybe found his new guy. Uh, you know, Romeo Dubs or Dobbs, I'm not sure how you say it, but uh Dobbs. Dobbs looks like he has he finally has faith in the young guy. I mean, you know, caught all eight targets, 73 yards and a touchdown. Uh we all kind of assumed it was gonna be Lazard, but you know, Dubs, I think he looks pretty good. It looks like Aaron's pretty comfortable with him. And if you can gain the trust of Mr. Rogers, it's gonna be good things for you in uh in Green Bay. So just a really like ugly, gritty game from both teams, but you know, I think uh it's gonna be a little different if these two teams meet in the playoffs when they're both at a uh, full force, I should say. Um but yeah, I don't know. I think the Packers they 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 have the luxury of having two A backs, I would say. With Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. I think for them, they gotta kind of play through them. Like between the two of them, I would try to get them maybe thirty to forty touches a piece. 
because Aaron Jones, he has the luxury. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. So you don't just got to hand the ball off to him 20 times up the middle. Like you can get him on a screen. You can throw short passes to him. And I think that's how they offset the loss of Devontae. And it's similar to what Dallas has, right? You lose Amari Cooper. How do you offset that loss? Well, you want to get the ball into your best player's hands. And who would that be? Well, in Dallas's case, it's Tony Pollard. In this case, it's Aaron Jones. So I think for the Packers, they got to try to figure that out a little bit better. Um, but like you said, Dobbs, man, I kind of wish he was on Dallas because they could have took him. <laughs> he looks good. Instead of, instead of Jalen Tolbert. I mean, God, that guy looks terrible right now. I mean, <laughs> he had one one ball he could have caught today. I'm like, oh, God, this guy's going to be a bust. But yeah, Dobbs looks good. I think Lazard, you know, he's just doing his thing. Obviously, four, what do you have? Four for 45 and a touchdown. So, yeah, the average Alan Lazard gay. But, yeah, I think that Dobbs might be wide receiver one now. And, yeah, Christian Watson not looking so good right now. That boy's in the doghouse, I think. Yeah. He's going to have to build – take some uh, after-practice throws with Aaron to (laughs) gain the trust, I think. I don't know. Uh, But, really, how concerned are you, Matt, I guess, about Tampa's offense now? Because it's three games, you know, into this year. They look – you know, a little underwhelming and not quite what I think we were all expecting. I'm not going to panic just yet because in two out of the three games, they didn't have their three or their big three at receiver, right? Chris Godwin's out this game. Mike Evans is suspended. Olivia Jones is injured. So, I mean, Cole Beasley gets signed early in the week. I mean, it, it's hard. I it's hard for Brady. I mean, Russell Gage is your wide receiver one. Like that's that's worse than Dallas's situation to me. So I don't know. <laughs> I think you can't do that. But going, you know, being what I said with about the Packers trying to get Aaron Jones the ball. Uh, where, where's Leonard Fournette? That's what I mean, I'm saying, man. They gotta they gotta use him like how they did last year with that. He's you know obviously he can run between the tackles. You know, he's a good runner, but Tom kind of unlocked that receiving skill out of him. And I think they gotta they gotta find that again. That that's missing a little bit. Right? I got that's that Tom's dude in three fantasy leagues, man. Tom's bread and butter is the tight end and the running back, right? That's his bread and butter. I know he doesn't have Gronk, but he has good chemistry with Cameron Brate. And they gotta find that that Fournette passing game. That's that's one skill that they're they're missing this year to me well i would love to see some four net passing game oh all right well that was that was a good game i wouldn't be surprised if these two guys meet up again in in the playoffs later this year um next game i want to get to uh cheer for our other hawaii quarterback marcus right uh he he <laughs> got his first win, first win in seattle right in the pacific northwest i saw there are plenty of Hawaii flags coming out that Atlanta tunnel, right? Uh, so good for Marcus. I'm really happy for him. Uh, he he played pretty well, you know. Still, like I don't know if it's a Falcons curse, but you know, he had a miss snap or a miss um a handoff RPO, you know, exchange with the his rookie running back. And uh, fumbled the ball in the fourth quarter. 
like giving Seattle a chance. And thank goodness it was Seattle, right? Uh, you know, if that's another team, I don't know. Atlanta might be sitting 0-3 right now. <laughs> uh, when they could very easily actually be 3-0, which is kind of insane. But, you know, I think he's he's playing well for that team. They're, they're all still learning and growing together. You know, obviously really young. But it was good to see them uh, kind of unlock number eight uh, on that Pitts. team. Mr. Pitts. Yeah. Definitely really encouraging, I think. You know, uh, you're... Both of our um, offensive rookie of the years look pretty good this week. You know, uh, Olave had a big day. Drake London looks like he's going to be a key part of that Atlanta offense. Um, you know, Atlanta, they like just kind of watching these highlights. They're going to give a lot of team fits with how they can run the ball. Uh, you know, the RPO and option quarterback running the ball, it, it like freezes the defense just a, enough to where it opens up holes for Patterson in this run game. At least when I was just checking out these highlights, you know, he's breaking off these big chunk runs, like 10, 15 yards. He had a 40-yard run. You know, a lot of these, it's kind of, you know, because they have to spy, right, Marcus. they That edge defender can't just come crashing down on the ball every single time. It freezes them just enough, right? And when they do, you know, take the bait, Marcus just takes the ball, slips out. Um, he didn't really run too much this game, but you know they, he played pretty well, and uh, it's gonna be encouraging to see. They they play a weaker opponent next week, um, so I'm I'm hoping they can be two and two. Oh wait, no, sorry, not next week. Sorry, they play the Browns next week actually. Um, Browns are looking a little little stout, but uh, might be another interesting game. You know, two meh teams going at it. Those are always fun to watch, right? Big quarterback uh, battle, Jacoby Brissett and Marcus. Woo! Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, but anyway, good for Marcus. I'm glad he got his win. Uh, let's just not turn the ball over, Marcus, and we'll be golden. You'll be golden. I promise. <laughs> I think if he doesn't fumble next week, they win. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Bold so. prediction right there. No fumbles, they win. I I, I like that. I'll, I'll jump on that train. Um, all right, and then the last game we got really, really want to touch on was probably the ugliest game of the week 11 to 10 baseball scores out here. Uh, <laughs> Niners visiting the Broncos. I mean, it was a puntathon until the fourth oh, last what two minutes, like just an ugly, ugly game. Uh, both offenses. Just could not get anything going for the life of them. Man, I don't know which is the bigger story here. You know, Jimmy G not looking good at all, or Russ looking even worse. I, like, I don't like how can well, I, I don't know, man. I don't get it. I think, well, to me, it's it's Russell. To me. He's the one that's getting paid, and he's got all this hype. I mean, he it's not like he doesn't have anyone on his team. He's got Javante Williams in the backfield. You got Sutton. You got Judy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Melvin Gordon is still there. He can still play, too. I mean, yeah, you got, you got guys, and you don't even throw for 200 yards. It's kind of a... And the throws that he makes, too, it's like... They show him, like, kind of rolling out to the right, and it's like... 
nine out of ten times you make that pass and it's like he does it like two out of ten times i'm like russ like you're throwing it like 10 yards above the guy's head like he's wide open you know maybe Uh, it's that denver air right he's not used to that thin air he's used to that that humid seattle he needs rain (laughs) maybe he needs rain or something i don't know uh, he he's just not used to the, the air, uh, quality that they got there in Denver. Um, but yeah, this game just really messy. Uh, Jimmy G's the the new Downerlovsky now, uh, <laughs> which is actually crazy because that safety actually saved them. Because it would have been saying, a pick yeah. six, yeah, <laughs> and then the game really would have been over. Uh, but it's a safety. You know, and somehow they get the ball back with another chance, and then Jeff Wilson, you know, tries to do too much, fumbles the ball. Like ah, the Niners, man, they they looked so promising at the beginning of the year. I know a lot of people were really high on the Niners. Uh, I don't know. They're gonna have to figure out how they're gonna want to run this offense because, you know, George Kittle four catches for twenty eight yards. Uh, I mean, Debo had five for 73, but, you know, that's even for, for Debo's stat, you know, standards, at least that's nothing too crazy or out of the, you know, kind of out of the ordinary there. I don't know. The Niners got some things to clean up, I think, in a in an NFC that is looking, you know, increasingly winnable. Uh, I think there's a couple top teams right now, but other than that, it's pretty wide open. So, you know, Niners got some things to figure out, but I think they can be pretty good. Denver, on the other hand, they should not be two and one. <laughs> they they could no. very easily be zero three. Yeah, and uh, this AFC West, Matt, you know, so much hype around them. Raiders are zero and three. Denver sh- is should not be two and one. Right, Chargers are one and two. Like, there's the Chiefs sitting at two and one. They probably look like the Chiefs look like the best team in the division right now. But I don't know, Denver. I'm kind of shocked at at how bad they have looked in this first three weeks of the season. Long season, maybe you know they'll figure something out, but it does not look good right now. Wait, we got to ask the real question. So, what was the biggest meme? Is it Jimmy G stepping out of bounds or is it the punt, the butt punt? Well, to me, it's it's Jimmy G stepping out of bounds. Be Jimmy know, that's that's a little funnier to me. <laughs> I think it's Jimmy it's, G. It's right? not as funny for Miami because they won. Like if they lost off of that butt fumble, it would have been like, like a classic moment, right? Like to kick it off your own guy's butt and lose off of that, <laughs> that would have been that probably would have taken the cake. But I think you're right. I for me, the edge goes to Jimmy G just a little bit because he's a veteran dude, right? We all everyone teases down Orlovsky, right? Oh, Dan, it's so funny. He was running out of that was his first game in the NFL ever. And he has Jared Allen chasing after him, <laughs> yes. right? In the back of his own end zone. That's tough. But Jimmy has been in this league for a long time now. And <laughs> I don't, that's kind of inexcusable to me how you let that happen. And it would have been a pick six had it not been 
it's just like it's too fun. It's like a comedy of errors there. <laughs> I don't know. I think yeah, Jimmy G's one takes the cake there. Oh, too funny. All right. Well, let me just I'll do I'll do my uh fan quick rundown, really quick rundown of the rest of the games here. So uh let's get into it. All right. So first game, Thursday night, Brown Steelers, not nearly the same AFC North that we had had known in the past. You know, Steelers offense does not look good. And uh Jacoby Brissett, I think, kind of playing the Cooper Rush role. You know, he's he's doing what he has to do. Let Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt run the ball. Get Amari Cooper the ball. Get your, you know, Njoku <laughs> the ball. Uh, you're missing Amari right now. He looked, his routes are looking crisp for the Browns right now. Oh, yeah. You don't need to tell me that. I know that. <laughs> uh, but Browns get a big win. They're going to be tough. Even without Deshaun Watson, I think they're going to be tough uh, going forward. Another t- uh, clash of the, we'll call it mediocre to be nice. Uh, the Texans visiting the Bears. Our boy Justin Fields. He's two and one, but it's not a pretty two and one. Just like we were talking about Russ. You know, I don't know if it's the offense that they're running. I don't know if it's the play calling. I don't know if it's just Justin Fields, but you know, he did not look impressive at all. But uh that Bears run game sure does look impressive. Unfortunately, I have David Montgomery and uh Khalil Herbert on my bench, and he dropped the 30 bomb in fantasy. So I'm pretty sick about that. But, you know, Davis Mills just did just pulling Houston Texans things, man. Uh, Threw the pick late in the game, gave Houston, gave uh, Chicago the ball back and uh, they won an ugly one. Somehow the Bears, just like the Dolphins or sorry, not the Dolphins, just like the uh, Broncos an ugly two and one. But, you know, two and one nonetheless. So I guess you'll take that uh, next game. I don't think anyone was anticipating the Raiders at the Titans for either of these teams to be 0-2, uh, you know, this going into the season. Obviously, Raiders really hyped up. They got a, they got Devontae, added guys on the defensive side of the ball. Tennessee, you know, they made the playoffs last year. A lot of, you know, hype for Mc, Mike Vrabel. Coach of the, I think he was coach of the year uh, if it wasn't last year. But it was recently. Anyway, uh, big expectations for both of these teams. Derrick Henry still not quite on that hundred yard pace. I know he's more of a late in the season runner, but uh, at least they kind of try to feed him. At least he got his twenty touches this game. But uh, you know, the Raiders had a chance and just couldn't couldn't pull through. I don't know. There's some big question marks. I think uh, for Vegas, but I still think they have the talent to win games. They just can't seem to close it out. I mean, 20 to zero against the Cardinals too. Uh, Something's something's got to change for them. Uh, But big win for the Titans there. Next one, another team we weren't expecting to be, you know, winless at this point in the year, the Indianapolis Colts who looked terrible in the first two games, right? Against Houston and Jacksonville. I think a lot of people thought Kansas City was going to come in and just stomp the Colts with how they've been looking. But, you know, the Colts the Colts battled and Kansas City had an off day, right, with their special teams. I think they missed two big field goals. Uh, you know, penalties. Just a frustrating day for the Chiefs, who very easily should have won this game. But, uh, you know, sometimes all you need is a break uh, to get 
your team rolling. So hopefully for the Colts, this is the break that that they needed, right? Uh, just capitalized on on the mistakes and just did enough at the end to uh to win that game. But they got to get Jonathan Taylor going. I don't know if it's you know catching the ball more like Leonard Fournette. Uh, but yeah, Jonathan Taylor, kind of we haven't really heard anything uh from him this whole season. So Colts get him going. Uh, next one, Lions at Vikings. This is going to be an exciting one, I thought, because of how the Lions are scoring the ball uh, in these first three weeks of the season. Uh, Jared Goff has that offense rolling. But, uh, you know, you just can't beat this potential MVP candidate, Kirk Cousins, in non-primetime games because he is the MVP if he doesn't have to play in prime time <laughs> throughout the year, something about one oh, o'clock sounds Eastern. Like, sounds time, like Dak. Kirk. Hey, maybe you know Kirk, Kirk and Dak, uh, kind of similar guys there, right? But something about that one o'clock Eastern time games for Kirk Cousins that just turns him in to the one of the elite quarterbacks in the league, right? Led that game-winning touchdown drive, uh. And, you know, that's the thing Kirk Cousins is going to do. He's going to clutch up and win some games. And some games, he's going to look absolutely terrible. And uh, that's the roller coaster you play with Kirk Cousins. Kind of like that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick thing, but a little bit more consistent, I think, than Fitzmagic there. Uh, but good good win for the Vikings. They're 2-1. and one. Uh, And that's going to be big for them because uh, now that division is, is looking like it's going to be pretty tight, that NFC North. Um, next game, Ravens at the Patriots. Lamar is going to be the MVP, I think. I mean, he's just putting up ridiculous numbers throughout three games. 100 yards rushing again. Uh, four passing touchdowns. He He's kind of playing that Aaron Judge role this year. You should have paid the man before the season started. Uh, you didn't, and now it's going to cost you, right? Uh, Patriots, on the other hand, Mac Jones, three picks. Uh, and now he has what I believe they're saying is a high ankle sprain and it's going to be tough for new England. They have a tough schedule. They're in the AFC. The AFC is really tough this year. Uh, no Mac Jones, you know, they weren't even really winning with Mac Jones. Uh, I think the Patriots are in trouble. It, it might be a tank for maybe a CJ Stroud, maybe Bryce a Bryce Young, or is Bill Belichick just going to want that Will Anderson pick from Alabama, get a defensive guy, right? Um, that dude is a monster, though. That dude is a monster. I agree. But uh, Baltimore, you know, their their defense still not quite there, but I think uh, they're going to have to outscore everyone that they play. And if Lamar is going gets it going like that, I mean, Duvernay and uh, Bateman have – blazing speed on the outsides you got mark andrews solid hands on the insides and jk dobbins coming back that offense is going to be no joke but they got stuff to figure out on the defensive side of the ball uh next game so Bengals at the jets Bengals picked up their first win you know they played the jets uh we don't have to say too much uh probably good for the Bengals to see some points get put up on the board there Joe Burrow not completely destroyed in the pocket. I'm sure all good things for the Bengals. Jets, uh, you know, we thought they were going to be kind of competitive, but uh, kind of laid an egg against the Cincy D. Um, nothing too too much to say about that one. Next one, 
what I believe is the best team in the NFC right now, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, took on the Commanders in Washington. Jalen Hurts just putting up numbers right now, right? Throwing and pass, or sorry, throwing and running the ball. Um, his deep ball looks so much better this year. You know, he's hitting guys in stride. Devontae Smith had a huge game. Uh, and now they have A.J. Brown on the outside. It's good. They're, that's a that's a scary offense you're going to have to face. And uh, a lot of things for defenses to figure out there. Uh, Washington, you know, that Philly D as, as well, you know, gave Washington fits. But kind of hard to say, right? Mr. Carson Wentz. We got the, the not-so-good Carson on Sunday. Uh, I think everyone was a bit surprised because, you know, it was against the Eagles, his former team. He kind of wanted to stick it to him. But, hey, Eagles came out and did their thing and uh, came away with the dub. Next game, NFC South, Saints at the Panthers. Uh, just an ugly game as well for, for this one. Uh, you know, Baker, Baker still doesn't look too impressive to me. You know, that long touchdown to Chenault was all Chenault, just making guys miss all over the field. Uh, Saints offense, I don't understand why they can't score. Like, it looks like they're getting, you know, they still have Camaro, Olave's there. I mean, Mike Thomas, Jarvis Landry. I think they were out, though, uh, this game. Oh, actually, no, Mike Thomas played. Mike, but, uh, yeah, he played. But, um, yeah, I don't know. The Saints offense, maybe it was just the Sean Payton factor, right? No Sean Payton, kind of hard to score points, I guess, in down there in New Orleans. But I still think they have a good defense. They're in the NFC. Uh, I'm I'm much higher on this one and two Saints team than I am on the one and two Panthers. Uh, I'll just say that. But yeah, get get Christian out of there. That's all I'm saying. Uh, next game, maybe the surprise team of the AFC so far, other than Miami, the Jaguars are two and one, and they have looked pretty impressive. You know, maybe we were saying, oh, the Colts just don't look good, but hey, maybe Jacksonville just looks good as well. Uh, of course, though. Chargers out a lot of guys. Justin Herbert was playing really banged up. Uh, and now Chargers are going to be out. Joey Bosa, they just lost their all-pro uh, guard, Rashawn Slater, for the year. Big blow for, for the Chargers now. Uh, you know, they had a lot of hype as well, but they're getting hit with the injury bug pretty bad. I don't know how they're going to sustain that uh, offense now. But, uh, you know... Maybe that's just the typical Chargers things, right? You get this loaded roster and everyone gets hurt. Uh, feel bad for, for Justin Herbert a little bit, but, you know, he played through the pain. Uh, Got to give him props, but I think people need to keep their eye on Jacksonville because right now they're leading the AFC South. And uh, I think that's how it's looking right now, a division they could potentially win. So uh, looking out for the Jags there. Uh, next one, Rams at the Cardinals. Cardinals just cannot get in the end zone, man. I don't get it. You know, uh, Kyler Murray had to throw the ball 58 times, only 314 yards. Uh, not great there. Rams offense still doesn't look like they're firing on all cylinders yet. Still looks like it's very Cooper Cup heavy. They tried to run it more with Cam Akers. I don't think it worked out too well. I just think Arizona has a lot to figure out right now. But the Rams defense, hey, props to them. They came out, held Arizona to four field goals. So uh, Rams defense maybe is going to be their catalyst this year. 
Um, but other than that, we touched on all the other games. So uh, that's it for my rundown there. And let's just finish off NFL with Rihanna performing in the halftime show. <laughs> oh. Woo! I heard, yeah, that one kind of came as a shocker to me. Yeah. I heard Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Hey, my girlfriend's a big Taylor Swift fan, but uh, I'm definitely glad it's Rihanna performing it's that. Same, same. Yeah. Uh, Bad Gal Riri is going to be performing. So uh, she hasn't performed in a minute, I think. She, and she hasn't released any new music. She has, yeah. She's into her fashion. She might yeah, be selling her, promoting her fashion line. Her fancy line. <laughs> the, yeah. yeah. But woo, all right, well, should be a good halftime show. I'm excited for it. All right, well, that'll wrap up our NFL talk. Matt, let's get into our college football talk. And unfortunately, we have to talk about UH. So let's talk about UH. Uh, they were playing New Mexico State, who was 0-3 going into this game. Uh, or were they 0-4? It might have been 0-4. They were 0-4. They were 0-4. You're right. They were 0-4. Uh, UH gave up 353 yards on the ground. Oh, my God. 353 <laughs> rushing yards. Let me just say that, Matt. Um, I thought our defense was the strong suit of this team. I guess not. Uh, You know, offense still can't do anything. I... Just, I'm kind of speech. I don't know what to do at this point. I'm looking at um our schedule for the rest of the year. We might not win another game for the rest. I of the think year. we're going to win this. Or yeah, we're going to win this the rest of the way too. I, I agree. I very easily think we're going to have one win against Duquesne this year. Uh, I just. With how they look right now, Matt, I don't see. I they just need to fix the whole team. Like it's everything, right? It's both sides of the ball. I mean, all three phases really. Like I don't. No, nah, their special teams is good. Matthew Shipley is their best player. Oh, oh no, Shipley, yeah. <laughs> I, but just like you know, everything else. Like, what do we do? What? How do we even? How do we win games this year? I I truly don't know how we're gonna win. I would say forget winning. Let's just see some improvement. Okay. So if you're on offense, okay, they played Shager, which is kind of expected. So uh, at this point, I think, I think just, he got, just you got to stick Shager. with him and you got to just see what happens. Get him reps. Uh, try to design some kind of scheme that fits him. For next year. <laughs> but yeah, but just get him some kind of rhythm, some kind of confidence. I mean, let him know that he's the guy. Like, he doesn't have to worry about Yellen coming in or Cam Cooper. Like, none of this platoon stuff anymore. I think it's Shager's, Shager's team the rest of the way, and they just got to buy into that. And, you know, I, if you go to the defensive side of the ball, to me, if you give up 353 yards in a game, and I think there were over 200 yards in the first half, I mean, I don't like to say someone should be fired, but yeah, that's a fireable <laughs> offense. Like that's un that's unacceptable. I don't care how bad your team is, you do not get beat like that on the ground. Like if you're gonna get killed, at least make the quarterback torture you in the air. Like right. come on, like 
lose that way. And they had 81 yards passing. So it's not like the quarterback was Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Like, bro, make this guy throw. Like, he didn't even have 100 yards. <laughs> and they kept saying on the radio, oh, UH is not making an adjustment. Like, they're just, you know, leaving their guys in the box and not bringing extra guys. It's like, what? Like, bro, I think who's the coordinator? Is it Joro? I don't even like, know. Like, dude, just, like, just run zero that's coverage. Common sense. Yeah. Just run cover zero. Quarterback has 80, 80 <laughs> yards passing. Let your DBs go one on one, drop your safeties in the box, and, you know, hit someone. Like, Jesus. Like, unacceptable. Even just putting a one hat on a hat, right? Like, how do you let guys run for 353 yards on you? That's that, ridiculous. That's just embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Yeah. That is embarrassing. You that know, is if, a fireball offense to me. Yeah. Like you said, if you get torched in the air, right, that's, you know, that's one thing. But on the ground where, you know, it's all schemes too, right? It's just match. Just everyone take one guy and, you know, someone has to make a tackle. I, I don't know. I don't get it. That's that's terrible. And like you said, there was a lot of hype about the defense. I know we lost Musal, all these other guys, but oh, this we was miss supposed him so much. Oh yeah. We miss all our guys. I think Day Day Hunter is doing well at Liberty too. Like Nick Martiner's doing good. Wait, where did he where did Martiner go? Cincinnati. Oh, he's doing good. He's dude. playing, yeah. Dang. And then obviously Shevin, right? Shevin. Boy, I never thought I would say I miss Shevin Cordero, but oh. God, I miss him. <laughs> and they played um wait. They just played someone pretty tough. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. They were on they, TV too. They played Auburn. They only lost to Auburn by eight points. So we miss Shevin. Shevin, uh, come home. <laughs> maybe Timmy can recruit him. To come back, oh, man. Uh, it's it's gonna be a. A long year. I don't want to say it's going to be another Norm Chow year. But, man, with how this team is looking right now. Not too good. Not too good. Um. Okay, well, let's see. What else did we want to talk? Okay, Oregon at Washington State. Crazy oh, game. Clutch. Clutch. Clutch win right clutch there for the Ducks. Clutch Bo Nix. Uh, who would have thought that, huh? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. He had a one. He had one terrible interception. Let me just say that. But oh, hey, he picked it up. He hit that bomb. Yeah, he did. And then it, uh... it's nice to see those receivers get going, like Troy Franklin and Chris Hudson. I mean, kind of the weak link of the team to me going into the year. Um, but they've been balling the past couple of games, so maybe the Duck offense is back. But. I, I think, well, they stole this one. <laughs> they got kind of lucky. Um, And then last one, USC versus Oregon State. Just hung on by the skin of their teeth, man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at least, you know, to Caleb Williams' credit, he had an awful game, right? Absolutely awful game. Um, But, you know, their defense kept it in, and... uh was able to pull it out 
you know, they were able to pull it out to Jordan Addison, I think, at the end. Yeah, that's why I guess we can say it now. That's why you pay him the big bucks. <laughs> you can say that in college now. That's why you pay him the big bucks, right? Uh, yeah, big, big time win for, for USC on the road. Hey, Oregon State, though, they're they're pretty tough. I, I think they're they're not getting enough credit. I think they could very easily be a rank like a 25-ish team. Uh, with how they looked, they you know they showed up and they played well. Uh, they have another chance. They play who did they play this week? Utah. I think they can. You know, that's a tough one. They could upset that. That's gonna be a close game too. Uh, their defense looks pretty gritty, right? That that Oregon State defense. They're they're they can hang with with the best of them. So it'll be interesting there. Um. Well, yeah. Saddest part though of this week is not all the Hawaii quarterbacks won because Dylan Gabriel lost. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor old, uh, that. I think they're what rank? They're ranked 18th now. They were like the sixth Six. team. Yep. Oh, I was hoping they would make the playoff, but that loss to Kent or uh, not Kent State, Kansas State is really gonna hurt their resume now. I don't know. My USC pick for the playoff is looking pretty good now. What are they the? F- are they the four seed now? They're no, seed. they're f- six, right? Six seed. Yeah. Uh it's gonna be a bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I think Clemson's gonna fall. To just, just, I don't know. I don't trust. Clemson. Tells me I don't trust Clemson this year. Michigan, Ohio State. Someone's gonna knock each other out, and then there's USC. Unless the Ducks play spoiler. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh. Okay, well, let's uh let's get to one more break, Matt, and then uh, let's talk baseball on the other side, and then we can wrap it up. Okay, uh, let's wrap it up with some baseball talk, Matt. How's the Yankee? How are your Yankees doing, bud? You know, I'm feeling pretty confident again. I know they lost today to the Blue Jays, tough one, um, but they won seven out of eight now. They're really one win away from clinching the division and the first round bye. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, and I think they'll do it against Toronto because that's the team that still mathematically has a chance. The magic numbers too. So if you beat them once. That's two birds and one stone. So I think they'll close it out in Toronto. I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow or Wednesday. It'll be one of those two days. But let's uh let's just close that division out and uh, get Aaron Judge his, his accolades. Because <laughs> uh, it's been kind of rough for him in terms of home runs ever since he hit 60. And to his credit, um, he's actually putting together some good at-bats. But the pitchers, are they're just not pitching to him. Nobody wants to be a part of history. I mean, come on, guys. We, we gotta we gotta pitch to him. It's got you can't leave him on 60. That's not gonna be a good look. Yeah, so you gotta learn from the Dodgers who at least pitched to Albert. Let him hit two oh, in one game. Yeah, he <laughs> talk about Albert, man. He hit seven hundred. That's that's awesome. Seven hundred home runs for Albert. That's yeah. I mean, just longevity, you know, Albert has just he's been one of those superstars that 
at least I feel has always been a class act, right? Yeah. Really easy guy mm-hmm. to root for, plays hard, is a good teammate, good for the game of baseball. Uh, it would have been really cool to see Albert in his prime in like today's, you know, day and age, because I think he would be a really good ambassador for baseball, right? Like, you know, a lot of the superstars now, right? We talk about Cunha, you know, Tatis, um, like just all all these guys are really flashy, right? Really, you know, big and flashy. And, you know, Shohei, obviously one of them, Shohei and Trout, right? The more soft-spoken uh, superstars. But Albert would have been another one of those, like, you know, class act, all about the team, all about winning guys uh, that I think would have been really good for baseball. But yeah, congrats to Albert, man. He hit the big 700. And I can't believe, is so is he for sure going to retire this year? Did he say it already? Yeah, this is his last year. So he still, ha- it looks like he still has a lot left in the tank. I mean, I think he has what 19 home runs. He's hitting like 250. And in today's day and age, the 250 average is like, good. It's good. Yeah. Because <laughs> no one can hit for average anymore. Right. Uh, so, but I don't know. I guess, yeah, he's just going to ride off into the sunset after this year. Um, Good for Albert, though. You know, it was tough seeing him and uh with the Angels. I I still thought that whole time that he was there it was kind of weird, but um, good for him. You know, he's gonna be first ballot Hall of Famer one day and uh, one hell of a career. So, congrats to Albert. Uh, but let's get to my team, I guess. So, yes, we did give we pitched to Albert. We gave him the seven hundred home runs, but. Uh, we also clinched the first place seed through the National League this year. Really, really big for us, I think. Um, you know, last year kind of hurt us, I think, that we didn't have home field advantage through the playoffs. You know, that Brave series was tough. And uh, I think getting home field and getting all of our guys healthy, uh, hopefully ready to go, our pitching especially. You know, Dustin May just went on the IL again, the 15-day. Uh, hopefully we get Price back and Gonsolin back soon. You know, Trinan has been kind of in and out of the uh, injured list as well. We at least we got uh Gratterall back, so that's gonna help. But uh, man, if if everyone can just get healthy, you know, I'll be pretty happy. Uh, cause you know, every our hitters are doing pretty well. So you guys I need just, to figure out your closer. Yeah, I don't know. I I can't believe I missed Kenley being closer <laughs> after last year. All the heart attacks he would give us last year. I mean, Kimbrel, it's 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 not even a heart attack at this point because I'm expecting him to blow the save, right? <laughs> at, at least with Kenley, right? There was always like a, oh, like don't blow it, Kenley, don't blow it. With Kimbrel, it's like, oh, Kimbrel's in, oh man, like it's it's more shocking if he has a he solid a night, save. or it's it's not even the save, right? It's like, I mean, getting the save is one thing, but it's it's having like that that perfect ninth right something about 
like the what the real dominant closers, right? The Marianos would do. It's come in, and it's one, two, three, no shot, sit down, game over, right? With Kimbrel, it's like all right, here comes a walk, here comes a base hit, oh, a home run, oh, the game's tied, <laughs> oh, there goes the save. So uh, I don't know. I I really was hoping Trinan was gonna be that guy this year. Uh, you know, I I know the Dodgers wanted to shape Gratterall into that. I think he's still more of a thrower than he is a pitcher, and he's gonna have to figure out how to pitch more than just throw hard, because uh, everyone's catching on to how to hit the the hundred and three yeah. plus mile per hour fastball, man. Uh, but I want try. I really hope Trinan comes back. <laughs> uh, it's 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 gonna be um, it's gonna be kind of close, but I I hope he's just. Can come back in time for the playoffs. That that's my hope. Um, other than that, I don't though, think you can use him the same way though. Yeah, he's like he can't you can't over. just workhorse. No, you can't workhorse him. Oh. Like Dave can't just go crazy and say, "Oh, I'm in trouble trying to go in." Like every other game, like yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's in condition to do that. No. So you got to pick and choose when you want to use him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be. Oh man, the pitching is good. It's it's what's scaring me because other than that, the offense. I mean. Justin Turner started off really slow this year, but he's picked it up in the, you know, second half, especially. Um, Joey Gallo's glove, insane. Uh, I mean, he say, he clinched, right? He clinched the game with his uh, diving catch out in left field. If he, if he just hits an occasional bomb every once in a while, wouldn't mind that. Um, you know, Muncie finally, after that horrible first half, he's still not hitting great but he's slowly heating up and that's going to be the x factor for our offense if max can get close to what old max could do look out because this team has one through nine and uh i think best the best hitting lineup in all of baseball even better than houston right now um so you know we we locked the uh home field advantage that's all I was hoping for at this point. Dave, I'm trusting you. Do whatever you have to do. Just keep everyone healthy and keep them in playing shape uh, so we go with some momentum into these playoffs because Braves are heating up and getting scared because it's the Braves. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'm not terrified of whoever's going to win the Central. Uh, the Mets... Probably the Braves and the Mets are, are the two that I'm I'm most concerned about right now. Um but yeah, at this point, hey, looks it looks like it could be uh gotta have Jaden back on the pod, man. It could be a <laughs> it could be a Yankees Mariners uh rival or not rivalry, um wild card game, right? Or that uh first round. I don't know. Uh, I hope I hope not because that means the Yankees would lose the rest of their games in the regular season, which would be absolutely tragic. They just gotta win one game, one game, and they get the first round by. Okay, no, I'm sorry. If so, if if Seattle wins though the wild card game, right, then they would probably play New York. I, yeah, it depends on the the seeding how they seed, because the three and the six play each other. And then the winner would play the two seed. So that's most likely going to be the Yankees. So it, it's tricky. Yeah, because so, oh, yeah, Seattle is has a third spot, the third seed, right? Because there's three wild cards. 
pretty sure. Three wild cards and the lowest division yeah. would play in the first the wild card round. So what they're the they're the I don't even check. Are they the top wild card right now? No, Seattle. So Seattle has a third wild card slot now. Oh, so they're the Toronto, six. Yeah, Toronto, Tampa, and then Seattle. Okay, so they would play the Indians. Oh, not the Indians. The Guardians. Yeah, so they could be on the Yankee side. Yeah, it's going to be close. <laughs> Possible. Oh, hey, man. don't sleep on the Indians, man. I'm fucking the Indians. They're the Guardians. The, the Guardians. Guardi- the Guardians are heating up, man. Yeah, they're scary. They're scary. I was just I was just talking to Wade about this. The Guardians, yeah, don't sleep on the Guardians, man. Um whew, all right. Well it's gonna be in uh an interesting end to the season, Matt. But October uh, is close, man. Yep. October oh, is man. close. Then these pods are gonna be so long. We might have to just do a baseball <laughs> one and a football one. <laughs> like it's gonna be we got we're gonna have a lot of sports to talk about. Um but I might Matt, lose what? my men- my mental health might be I'm not okay with that. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's always either the best time of the year or the worst time of the year for Matt. Yeah, it's always around October, November. It's, ah, it's always yep. an interesting time for Matt. Um, well, Matt, why don't you uh, close us out here with the uh, sports fact of the day? All right. So today we're recording on September twenty sixth, and let's go back to two thousand and thirteen. One of my I guess you could say bittersweet moments that I remembered, but for my team, the Yankees, uh, the greatest closer of all time, Mariano Rivera, pitched his last game at Yankee Stadium, and it was quite the emotional one. Uh, He was taken out of the game to receive his standing ovation by an injured Andy Pettit and an injured Derek Jeter. Um, So a lot of tears being shed that day, but Mo. Can't even debate this. He's the greatest closer of all time. 652 total saves. And he's got that record, right? More people have walked on the moon than scored on Mariano in the postseason. So that is pure dominance. And boy, I miss Mariano because we had Chapman and it's been uh, (laughs) ever since then. So Mo, salute. The greatest closer ever. Happy retirement to you. But I think that's it, right? All right. Well, sounds good. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, until next time.